Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 20 of Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff, also known as part two of our 2023 TV shows best of and worst of lists. In this episode, myself, Reese Parton, your host and editor, and Sandra Felcher, who's your other host, and our special guest, Adam J. Purcell from the Staggering Stories podcast, give you our top five TV shows of 2023 or 2023 however you want to say it so without further ado i'll let you listen to that and i'll thank you very much for listening to this episode and if you haven't heard the first part please go back and listen to that thank you very much for listening and enjoy top five Top five, yeah. And it's quite an eclectic mix, actually. I kind of like that. All right. Mm. Uh, at number five, I have The Diplomat. Oh, I haven't okay. heard of this. No, nor me. Which is another Netflix show. You could tell what I was subscribed to at the time when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think it's based on a book. I'm not too sure. Okay. But it's about the new American diplomat to the UK. Right. And she is played by Carrie Russell. Oh, yeah. She is excellent. And her husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, because she wants a divorce, but he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And he's very charismatic and keeps talking her back into staying in the relationship. Is played by Rufus Sewell, and he is Mm -hmm. fantastic. And I I couldn't tell he... He's playing an American... Oh, really? Okay. ...in this, and I couldn't tell. And I almost didn't recognise him, because the last time I saw him was in The Pillars of Earth, which was years ago. Oh, yeah. Very different now, but he's he's very good. Yeah. Uh, He plays her husband and he's also been a diplomat previously mm. and he mm. plays on the fact that they've got their last name is Wyler and he mm. turns up at one of the functions she's meant to and everyone thinks he's the diplomat so he gets in there <laughs> and things like that so he undermines her and it's a great mix of drama because some of the stakes get very high and there's some geopolitical stuff going yeah. on mm. but also the comedy is sharp and it's like a satire it's also like a funny relationship breakdown sort of thing where they have a go at each other all the time and then they also make up for it a little bit. Mm -hmm. The cast is very good. Uh, Rory Kinnear is playing yet another British Prime Minister. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't get up to the same thing he got up to last time. Uh, No pig. No. Ah, well, that's a shame. (laughs) No pig, exactly, yeah. Ah, I don't don't want to watch it now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a man called David Gaiassi, I think is how you pronounce his last name. I recognise him from... Asylum of the Daleks, he oh, is the guy who survived and said, oh, I forgot about dying, and then he turned into a, oh, yes. a human Dalek, and the ice talk came out of his head. That was a good moment. Mm. Yeah, it was a very good moment. He was very good in that moment. Yeah. I really liked him, and he stood out. Yeah. And the casting people for this show thought he did too, because he plays a great character in this as well, and mm. uh, his dynamic. He's the foreign secretary mm-hmm. for the UK, and he acts opposite Carrie Russell a lot, and those two mm-hmm. work very well together. Mm. It ends on a bit of a cliffhanger, but season two is coming, thankfully. It was delayed because of the writer's strike, but it is yeah. back on track, I did see. Yep, that's good. Unusual for Netflix. <laughs> yeah, True. it is, exactly. It's unusual, but I think it was very successful. Yeah. Uh, so they're keeping it around, and I, I really liked it. A good mix of drama, comedy, satire, and political stuff, mm-hmm. which I do like it when they do take the political stuff quite seriously. And it's also got Pearl Mackey in it too, so I quite like that. That's oh, good. Right. Oh, good. Uh, so that was number five. Very good show. I recommend it. Number four is Doctor Who The Giggle. Ah, yeah. Nice. In many ways, 
this was the popcorn one out of them all, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the plot holds together. I don't know you can nitpick it as much as you probably could the uh, church on Ruby Road. Mm, true. But it certainly was the yeah. fan service. It was the most anniversary feeling for a 60th anniversary of a yeah. show. I mean, it literally had colorized flashbacks in picture form to yeah. the first time the toy maker appeared, yep. which was very exciting. I really... Neil Patrick Harris is such a great actor. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's so good. He just loved be, being this part. It was obvious <laughs> yeah, he was just yeah. having a time of his life. Yeah. Uh, and those teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I know some people, particularly Germans, didn't think the German accent was that great, but it was good enough for me that, to know he was doing a German accent. Yeah, I think that's sort of the point, wasn't it? It was. Like, it was yeah. a very stereotypical Yeah sort of approach to it. But I just loved these little moments. Who doesn't want a little toy horse going clippy clop down the stairs? <laughs> oh, it's the gun and the laser and the big boom. <laughs> yeah, it's very Lots funny. Fun. Oh, dear. Yeah. And then, and I'm okay with it because we haven't seen it before and we probably won't see it again because of the storyline about summoning a superstition at the edge of the universe. Mm. So now myths are becoming real. Mm-hmm. We had a version of the regeneration where the doctor changes from one actor to another happened differently. And we had them both on screen at the same time. Right. Yeah. And I loved it. I just loved it. Yeah. And the debut of Shooty's uh, theme was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, I just really liked it as a Doctor Who fan in general. I liked it, but I think if you could sort of understand that the doctor changes sometimes, you might be able to sit down and, Watch it on its own? I don't know. Or with the other three in the specials? I'm not sure. But Mm. I really liked it. Yeah. Now, number three, Mm -hmm. we have Loki season two. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see why people uh, have a very different ranking for it uh, than Mm -hmm. previously. And I think the biggest difference is that it doesn't have the mystery of what's going on anymore. Yeah. That's true. I think that was a big driver of season one. But now we know a lot more about what's going on. Yeah. But. What was going on was Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston <laughs> being fantastic together. They were. You mentioned actually how he was a very pretty stereotypical villain early on, and mm. now he's grown to be one of the more interesting characters in Marvel. Yeah. I think both Odinson brothers really lucked out in that. <laughs> yeah. Because Thor was such a cookie cutter. He was. Bland hero the first time around, and then his journey was one of the most tragic of them all. And, mm. and yeah. um, Hemsworth played the meaty opportunities he got very well and same with Hiddleston mm. I mean he's he's just a fantastic actor anyway yeah he was just fantastic the jumping between tragedy and drama and excitement when he figures out maybe you can get out of the groundhog day element of it he gets very excited <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna name an elephant in the room too okay I think Jonathan Majors did a very good performance but obviously he's been found guilty of what he's accused of so uh his behavior outside of it yeah. was appalling. Yes. Yeah. But he, his character was very interesting and his performance in this show in particular was very good. Yep. So I don't know if people are able to separate uh, the art from the artist very well, but in this case, I'm sort of doing that. But I recognize since this came out, he's been found guilty. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yep. that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a talented actor and he did a good job in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, remarkable show. Amazing ending. The final sequence is incredible. Yes. The music in particular. And in the same way as a show I'm going to mention very soon, mm-hmm. this could be the end. This could be it. And it is a very satisfying end. It's an, a Absolutely. poignant conclusion for the character, poignant conclusion for this show. It probably is the end of the show, even if the character does come back. Mm. Yeah. 
but it, it's very, very good and just nailed the landing, which a lot of shows in general, but especially Marvel shows, don't often do. <laughs> mm, yeah. On to number two. Yep. We have The Mandalorian Season 3. Ah, yeah. Which I actually think may be the strongest for me. Okay, okay interesting. Right. Of, of the three of them, yeah. The first one I loved and the visual effects of it were amazing and the volume I hadn't gotten sick of yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah. that blew me away. That sort of idea and the way they used it was great and the introduction to the characters was great in Season 1, but I thought it was a bit slow most mm. of the way through. Mm -hmm. But this, I don't know, this had just enough of... I feel like a bit like uh, Visions and Strange New Worlds and all of that. It had a few more swings than mm. previously, like bringing Jack Black and Lizzo into it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I forgot about them. <laughs> Which I know some people didn't like, but I quite liked. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. It was one of the strongest seasons. Also, I think because it was the thing that made me finally go, you know, Ahsoka's coming. They're doing a lot of Bo-Katan stuff here. Yeah. I really should have finished Clone Wars. So I did. And the two of them together work well. They're married. They bounce off each other quite well. So maybe it's because I took that plunge and finished off Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of my problem is I haven't seen all of Clone Wars or even all of Rebels yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Clone Wars stuck the landing too, by the way. just want to say that. Mm, Which okay. feels like a pun if you know what happened in the final episode. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> good point. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, it's very good. The final season in particular is very good of Clone yes. Wars. But there's a stint there from three to five, I think, or th three and four are particularly good. But yeah, I finally went back and watched that. And I really liked Bo-Katan yep. in both shows. So I agree. that was good. I definitely see people worried that maybe Din Djarin's not in it enough. Mm. But I don't know, just you could play around with the meaning of the name, the Mandalorian. It could be the Mandalorian creed they're talking about. <laughs> oh, it could be the Mandalorian people they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I feel like as well, they kind of finished his arc. Weirdly enough, they finished it in season two, then added in more yeah. stuff to do in Boba Fett. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like... I'm still wanting to see yeah. part, like the second half of season one of Boba Fett. Because I saw the second half of season two of Mandalorian. <laughs> that, but... Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, very good. <laughs> um, okay, number one. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Is a show that Sandra hasn't seen yet. As he said, it's The Last of Us, season oh. one. Ah, very nice. Very fitting. Yeah. The Last of Us and the last show on my list. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to explain my appreciation for both the game and this show, but mm. I think it came around at just the right time in 2020 when the world was being overrun by a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Obviously nowhere near as disastrous consequences as this. <laughs> but no. I connected very much to the characters because I was in a similar situation to, mm. to Joel in that I live in a different state to where my son lives with his mother and we've mm -hmm. got it sorted out now that he spends time with the two of us individually. But at the time, the borders were closed, interstate borders. Oh, right. Yeah. So it made it very difficult for me to see my son and we did it via FaceTime. We had conversations. And so I felt really cathartically connected to Joel and his loss is obviously much bigger than mine, mm. but I don't know. I just, it really, there were stressful times. It was 2020. We didn't know what was going on. We needed something to do and I played it as something to do, but then I really hooked into the story of it. And I, I loved Troy Baker's performance as Joel in the game. Mm -hmm. And I loved um, Ashley Johnson as mm -hmm. Ellie. and then. Just, I, I feel like the adaptations of the bits they chose to take from the games into the show were just on point. Mm. And anything they added. Yeah. 
excellent. Worked so perfectly yeah. for the medium of TV. Mm. Yeah. Like, it might not have worked so well in the game, but they no. took the best bits from the game story-wise, put it on TV, and then they added, mm-hmm. Sandra, you would have seen this, the opening of it had uh, Christopher Heimdall and, what's his name, John Hanna, as yes. doctors and scientists talking about what they're scared of the most, and one of them was scared of a pandemic like COVID, but mm. John Hanna was scared mm. of um, fungus. And then there was that line, that really haunting line that stays with me to this day. It's two parts. He says, what if the world got somehow warmer? Mm. <laughs> and then, of course, since then, the world's gotten warmer. Indeed. And then the host and the guy who played the host, the response to it was very good. He says, well, what happens then? We lose, mm. is what John Hanna <laughs> says. And the, chilling, chilling. And I feel like the first, I say the third episode was entirely added. Yeah. Um, but... The first few episodes had some really excellent additions like that. Like there's a bit where it goes to, um, was it Jakarta? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But there's a bit there where they first discovered the spores interacting with humans and the, the doctor there had a very chilling line about what to do. Mm. I won't give it away because it's great to watch it when, when you finally do, Sandra. Mm. But just it, I think the storytelling in The Last of Us game really elevated storytelling in that medium of mm-hmm. video games. And I think it, transferring it to TV, you've got Craig Mazin, who's a great TV storyteller, mm. and then you've mm. got Neil Druckmann, who told the original story, working together, mm. translated it to TV perfectly. So story-wise, this is exceptional for me. And then Pedro Pascal, mm. wonderful <laughs> casting. Bella Ramsey, yeah. I just can't believe how good they are in for anything sure. they're in. I love them so much. And uh, Nick Offerman in that episode. Oh, and... Uh, Murray, Murray, what is... Oh, Murray Bartlett, <laughs> the Australian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Murray Bartlett. Oh, yeah. I never... I mean, I, I did believe he was Australian in White Lotus because he <laughs> deliberately played it that way, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. But in this, he's so wonderfully convincing, one, as American, but two, as someone in that storyline, which I won't give away because it was it added and it was poignant and it was wonderful. Hmm. And to tie in what I was saying about Loki, the ending of the game and of this are almost scene for scene. Yes. And shot for shot, which they don't always do. But when they do, you go, yeah, good on you. (laughs) And it's a perfect ending because it's in a world that keeps going. Mm. So the characters can keep going, but you're satisfied. Yeah. You could watch more and we're going to watch more. You could play more and we did play more with part two. Or you could just see a wonderful, almost perfectly told story mm-hmm. in both formats. So, yeah, I really appreciate this story as a whole. And in both formats, it works wonderfully. So, yeah, that's good. Last of Us, amazing show. Agree. Awesome. All right. With your number one, I'll get into my top five. Kicking it off then with number five, which goes to Mm. season three of Only Murders in the Building. Ah. Um, Ah, I must catch up with that. Is Meryl in that one? Uh, Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's a show I feel like every... I I think I saw season one in 2022, which was the year after it came out. I saw season two uh, the year after it came out. This is the only time I've seen the season and it's been eligible for an episode. So that's good. Yeah. A bit like me with sex education. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Season three. Great. um, Third mystery for this comedy mystery show uh, with the (laughs) incredible 
duo of Steve Martin and Martin Short uh, reunited once again, <laughs> joined by Selena Gomez, who just mm-hmm. matches their energy so well. Um, yeah. Just, just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> And the mm. three of them have a podcast about true crime, and uh, they're always doing they're always <laughs> doing episodes, but only covering murders that happen in the building. Uh, but what happens <laughs> when Paul Rudd is murdered in a theater? Ooh, <gasps> that's what season three uh, decided to cover, and it was it was really fun. Meryl Streep showing up as well, yeah, as as mentioned. <laughs> Pretty fun season. I think it's the weakest of the of the three. It focuses really heavily on character stuff rather than the mystery itself, which I don't feel like necessarily worked as well as seasons one and two. A lot of the time the gang spends time by themselves. They kind of did a Guardians 2, a usual thing that happens with a lot of shows or movies that feature an ensemble at some point. They're like, we're going to split them up for a whole story. And I, that's usually the worst story featuring that ensemble a lot of the time because you like when they're, they're together. And I think uh, season three suffers a little bit from that. But it was still really good. Um, pretty good mystery. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to predict this one. I did predict season two pretty early on, which I was very proud of, but I wasn't able to get season (laughs) three. I got too distracted on a giant red herring for the entire season, uh, which was good. Uh, It's like a Ryan Johnson film. Yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. The Baskin Robbins, do they kill him? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I'm not going to say that, but uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe. I do like how... Well, they never forget, we know that much. (laughs) I do like how... Paul Rudd, he is an actor who is, you know, doing a stage show, but his character is known for playing a character called Cobro, who's a superhero, who's a Cobra man, which is a good kind of <laughs> joke on Ant-Man. Uh, there's some great uh, some some great jokes in there. He, he's great in this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep is really, really good in this as well. I don't think I've seen her in anything mm. where she's actually really good for a while uh, she's such oh. a great actor that she's automatically good in stuff without trying but i feel like she was trying something new in this and it worked really well so yeah i uh, i mm-hmm. i i highly recommend it just as a show in general but also as a third yeah. season it's still pretty good i think they're doing a fourth one yeah they are doing a fourth one i i feel like they'll probably have to wrap it up pretty soon though because they're already kind of stretching the premise a little bit with season three, but we'll see what happens. It's great. If you like <laughs> mysteries, if you like Ryan Johnson style mysteries, you'll probably find something to like mm-hmm. in this. So yeah, it's great. And if you just like Steve Martin and Martin Short, they are obviously incredible in this. They are <laughs> fantastic. So yeah. And um, each season sets up the next season and the setup that we have for season four is excellent. So I'm very excited to see what they do with that one. Mm-hmm. On to number four, and pretty and every show from here onwards is tied, basically. I think they're all the best of the year. Mm-hmm. The reason why number four is at number four is because I haven't finished it. I've seen six out of the ten episodes, and unless they drastically change the style of how the show is made, uh, it will be at this point in my list. But um, I put it in because I-, I needed something to not have Secret Invasion in my top 15. So, <laughs> number four goes to The Curse. Which okay. is, it's, oh boy, okay. It's a show written 
and starring Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. Uh, Benny Safdie, he was oh. in Oppenheimer um, as one mm-hmm. of the scientists. Uh, along with his brother, he directed Uncut Gems, uh, which is one of Adam Sandler's best movies. Just, uh, just a panic attack mm-hmm. in a movie. Um, he, yeah, he's teamed <laughs> up with Nathan Fielder, who does a lot of like uh, absurd kind of cringe comedy kind of Borat style stuff where he incorporates reality and scripted television really well. He had a show called Nathan for you, where he tries to convince companies to do really Mm -hmm. stupid marketing stuff. He had an incredible show called the rehearsal, (laughs) which I think was my favorite show last year. Whenever it came out, it was definitely my my number one of that year where he, uh, he gets like regular Mm -hmm. people, finds a point in their life or something that they want to rehearse for, whether it's like a conversation with a friend or something. And then he recreates the location where they're going to do that in a set and then hires actors to just go over and over and over this particular interaction that person wants to do. That show was fantastic. (laughs) The curse though is completely scripted. It's his first time doing completely scripted TV. Um, And he's joined Mm -hmm. by Emma Stone of all people. To play <laughs> to play his wife in a TV show where they are two they are two people who are trying to make a reality TV show about flipping houses. The show is called Flip Anthropy, and uh, they're trying to flip houses. And the it's the show is is so it's shot like a documentary, but everything is scripted. But the actors are so good at obviously not acting. That it's. I want to see. It's this now. just it. Every episode. I was talking to my friend Jack, and he said every episode makes him disassociate because it's so cringeworthy. It's so unco- <laughs> it's so unbelievably uncomfortable. Nathan Fielder is just playing this just weird kind of meekish guy. Emma Stone. You don't know where her heart is, is she doing this for the right reasons? Is she not? That's the great thing about it is, um, yeah, they both go into a small town, uh, and they're trying to pretty much up the value of the town by selling passive homes. (laughs) And they claim that they came up with the idea for the homes, but they haven't, uh, they stole it from someone else. They're also trying to like acknowledge and work with the indigenous people of this town but they do so in an incredibly problematic way and that's consistent throughout the whole show is you're just going what are they doing (laughs) they're trying to help people of a lower economic status but they're doing it in a Mm -hmm. way that is just talking down to them and the whole time yeah yeah, (laughs) it's so patronizing (laughs) and the the whole show hinges on this moment where Benny Safdie, who is the producer and director of the show, he tells Nathan Fielder to give a hundred bucks to a random girl on the street and then take it back. So they get the shot of him (laughs) donating money and then he's like, but actually I need that back. And when he (laughs) takes it back, the young girl, she curses him. And from that point onwards, he he reads into everything bad that's going on. He's so paranoid the whole time. Is this the curse? Is this curse? (laughs) It is fantastic. Uh, It's not an easy watch. It feels very David Lynch in that it's just long shots of nothing happening. It's very (laughs) just, yeah, it feels like a documentary. All of the, there's this one scene where Nathan Fielder has to like distract someone and 
like, uh, so that he can use their computer. And it's this long, like, ten-minute scene <laughs> where he tries to pour water on the guy, but it just goes on the ground, so then they've got to clean it up. And then he's trying to pour more water on the guy while they're cleaning it up. It's just, it just goes on forever. <laughs> and the soundtrack the whole time is very, uh, actually very Jodie Whittaker-era Doctor Who, like, okay. synth stuff which just makes yeah. you feel oh. really uneasy the whole time um so yeah yeah i want to check this out because another 2020 thing that happened during lockdown and when we were looking for things to do is that my mother and i would sit together and watch a lot of those housing flipping oh, yes. kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. shows and some of them in america the characters that they're not characters obviously but they are people i think they're deliberately hammered up for the cameras because sure. there's a husband and wife team and he's just so silly. And yeah. And so I just want to see it for that sake, like compare real life people <laughs> to these characters. Yeah. One great thing about the show is, yeah, most of it is like the behind the scenes of a making of that show. And they <laughs> do like focus groups. And at one point they're like, the husband's really boring. And then Nathan Filter just then goes all out on the comedy so much so that it's too much. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, like Emma's shown in this, I feel like getting an, I don't want to say an actual actor, but she is the actual actor <laughs> of the three main cast. Yeah. Well, I mean, Benny yeah. Safdie was in Oppenheimer, but like, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like those two are so good at what they're doing to then bring a third person in as just an actor like she nails it she she is fantastic in this the three of them have great chemistry and it, it's just it, their relationship is so weird it's just it's fantastic <laughs> i i highly recommend that um it's not an easy watch which is why i haven't finished it yet because i just sometimes i'm just like i just don't feel like watching this right now it's yeah. you know it's like <laughs> once we'll a week a yeah you yeah. really want to space this out um but it is great it's on it's on paramount plus so it's kind of annoying to get in australia but uh it's it's good fun if you can find it so that's number four um i spent a long time talking about that one i'm gonna spend probably an even that's longer right. amount of time talking about number three which goes to poker face oh uh, yeah speaking of ryan johnson earlier this is his mm -hmm, new tv mm -hmm. show uh starring natasha leon if knives out was a love letter to colombo this is just colombo because yeah. this is what he's done with Knives Out, which is pretty much give you all the information straight off the bat. Every episode starts with the murder and you know who did it from the first like 10, 20 minutes. And then you see Natasha Leone come through as a great character. She plays a casino worker um, who has to go on the run from some pretty bad blokes. But she's got a gimmick and that gimmick is she can tell whenever someone is lying. Uh, so she can figure out any crime pretty easily. Uh, so the show is just kind of watching her go from mystery to mystery. You already know who did it. You don't necessarily know why. Columbo. And uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> Columbo, but written by Ryan Johnson. So it's incredibly uh -huh. self-aware and very funny. And I mean, it's <laughs> Natasha Leone as well. So she brings her... Mm her comedy chops to it. She's fantastic in this. I was just thinking about how she could tell if someone's lying. It's the reversal of when you could tell one of the main characters from Knives Out was yeah, lying. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Good point. Every episode has a bunch of guests uh, kind of come through. She's the only consistent cast member, aside from maybe uh, Benjamin Bratt from Burn Notice. Uh, he's one of the main characters. Oh. Um, everyone else is just like, 
guest stars. They come in for one episode or two, uh, and, but they're all fantastic. Just to name a couple, like Adrian Brody. Yeah. Tim Meadows was great. Tim Blake Nelson, oh. uh, Nick Nolte, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ron Perlman. Um, there's heaps of great names in this. Uh, that come through, even if it's just for a couple wow. scenes. Um, Simon Helberg from Big Bang Theory is in this, and he's incredible. <laughs> for further proving huh? that everyone but maybe Leonard, uh, they're all great actors. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it, it's great. The mysteries are all pretty consistently great. There's only one episode that maybe wasn't as good as the others, but aside from that, I think they're all really good. The final moments of the season as well are really, really interesting. They set up a mm. format that you get really comfortable in and then just pull the rug out near the end of the season, which, I mean, it's it's Ryan Johnson. It's what you expect. So he kind of does that to everything that he's involved with, especially Star Wars. He, like, <laughs> he likes to pull that rug out. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. Um, I think Natasha Leone wrote and directed an episode too. That was fantastic. Oh, cool. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, if you're a fan of her, if you're a fan of Knives Out, uh, check yeah. check it check it out. It's it's great. It's really good. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's getting another season as well, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then number two, which I think I already spoiled in our movie episode because I kept referring to actors from this show and saying that it's the best show airing <laughs> right now. Uh, number two uh, is The Bear, season two. Right, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is about Jeremy Allen White. He's a chef. Uh, award-winning chef he has to slum it in his mm-hmm. dead brother's sandwich shop um and he's <laughs> trying to make the shop good it's very hard um to make it good because people in it aren't necessarily that competent even though they're nice people um and and also other situations like it's quite a da- dangerous place that this shop is set in there's family trauma that he's dealing with as well uh it's a great show the bear mm. a lot of people found season one really stressful because it is mm. shot like it's uncut gems the whole show is that level of intense so if you found uncut gems uncomfortable if you find the curse uncomfortable uh you will probably find <laughs> this uncomfortable too but i i yeah. love that it is basically a sitcom too which is really funny because it's a sitcom in that there are definitely jokes. Each episode has a situation that the characters have to deal with, but also it's not a it's not really a comedy. It's more of a I'm very uncomfortable whenever this should be funny sort okay. of stuff going on. I was on. gonna say, is it more like the thick of it than a community sort of thing? It is definitely more like uh, the okay. thick of it. Yeah. yeah. Actually I think if you like the thick of it, this is pretty much the same thing but for cooking. Cooking. Rather yeah. than <laughs> not politics. Okay. Not right, spin yeah. Rather than politics. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. And season two just turned everything <laughs> up uh even higher. Um se- mm, season two started off point. and it was a lot more chill than season one. Like season one was so intense that I quite like that season two <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we want our audience to be alive, so we won't give them a heart attack. Turn it down a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, there was one episode uh, in season two that was a one-shot episode, and the wow. whole time they set up a uh, like a way for customers to order online, and it was kind of like an online... Uh, <laughs> oh, so they kept looking at the screen with a new order coming up. Oh, God, we've got to make one of these now. Yeah, exactly, except oh. that machine would then automatically print their order, and there was one coming in basically every second, and the sound of oh, that printer God. going off 
then formed the beat of the soundtrack that didn't stop the entire episode. (laughs) And it was intense. Oh, I've got to watch this. And just fantastic. Um, But yes, season two is a bit bit more chiller. It definitely takes its time with some more character-based stuff. I think every character gets their own kind of standalone episode in this season. There's one episode in particular, the flashback episode that everyone was talking about, where there's so many cameos, you wouldn't believe. I'm not going to spoil any of them, but some characters mm. and actors turn up where I'm like, what? how did they get you in this? How did they get you in this? <laughs> Considering that the cast are mostly all just kind of TV actors. Well, not anymore, because Ebon Moss Bacharach uh, is playing The Thing in the new Fantastic Four movie. Uh, he was just cast, yes. which is great. Yes, mm-hmm. Jeremy a- Allen White, he's fantastic as the main character. Ayo... Itabiri uh, is great as Sydney. She's kind of the main character. She's definitely your entry point. She plays the sous chef. It's fantastic. Funnily enough, the only chef on the cast plays the handyman for the restaurant, which <laughs> is hilarious and and great. Yeah. And the punishes in it too. You know, it's always good to see John Perrinthorpe show up and something. But- oh, so there's a reunion because um, the guy's going to be Ben Grimm was also in The Punisher. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was the tech guy. Mm. Oh, of course he was the tech guy in Punisher. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's not much else to say here with the bear, but it's fantastic. Uh, if the third season mm-hmm. is its last, then that's really good. I'm happy for them to end it there. That's coming out, I think, <laughs> mid-year uh, this year, so in a couple of months. Okay. Right, I'm going to try and catch that because I've heard so much good yeah. things about it. So many good things. Me too. Yeah. Not seen a, a minute of it. It is definitely the best ongoing show at the moment. Um, where, but mm. you you might be asking, but then why is it why isn't it your, your number one? Well, because number one goes yeah. to a mini series, so I got you on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ongoing. Nope. Number one goes to a Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg joint. Um, it's called Paul T Goldman. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to explain this one. Uh, if you thought it was hard to explain the rehearsal as my number one pick last year, this one might be harder. So <laughs> Paul T. Goldman is mm. a, technically, it's a true crime documentary, comedy mockumentary about right. this guy called Paul Finkelman. That's his actual name. He's this guy mm-hmm. who wrote a book and published it to Amazon. It didn't do very well, but he wrote a book about how his ex-wife was involved in some sort of crime syndicate and he tried to stop her with the CIA or the FBI, I can't remember, with one of them. And it's a story supposedly based off his real life, the events of him finding out the truth about his wife and all this all this stuff that happened. And so Seth Rogen must have seen this, talked to the guy who wrote the book, and the guy who wrote the book is like, well, I want to write a movie based on that book. And so this TV show is the filming of that movie that is based on the book, but it's also <laughs> the documentary following the life of the real person as he talks to camera and Jeez. says the actual story. And then we cut to how he's embellished it in the movie version of that story and how he wants mm-hmm. to make it a franchise and stuff. But then it's also the unraveling of how everything he says is true is obviously <laughs> fake. And so then it's the crew of the people making the movie adaptation interviewing him and then interviewing other people to make a behind the scenes documentary that then reveals the actual truth of what he is saying happened, which didn't happen. 
all and then it's also the movie that they're shooting as well the dramatic movie where he's chosen to play himself and he's a terrible actor it's very funny so it's just all these different layers of mm. true crime and then a parody of true crime and then also a documentary and then also dramatic reenactments <laughs> and then also it's just a really interesting character study of a real person who just kind of wanted to feel special at the end of the day. And so he did everything he could do <laughs> to feel special. And just how they delve into that, it's mostly really funny. Sometimes it's a bit sad. Sometimes it's a bit shocking. It's just a, it's just, it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's just really bizarre. <laughs> and it's the most unique documentary I think I've ever seen, which, of course, it's a documentary by Seth Rogen, so it's going to be unique. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's like the special features mm, of yeah. the cast of Stargate SG-1 talking about the episode <laughs> Wormhole Extreme. Right. <laughs> where in the story of the show, yes. this character actually makes a show a fictional show within Stargate based on the events of the Stargate program, which mm. is the fictionalized military organization <laughs> within the Stargate SG-1 TV show. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, actually. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much it's that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it is, it is so unique and so interesting and there's so many layers whenever you're like, surely they're wrapping up, they're wrapping it up now. There's just, a bunch of new stuff that comes to light. Um, it's just really interesting. It's just a really interesting piece of media. And mm. yeah, it, it wraps up really well as well. Cause the whole time you're like, you're not sure whether or not they want you to like the person that this is about. Cause they're going <laughs> around and they're obviously trying to disprove everything that he has claimed is mm. true while also making a movie based on what he said. It's very interesting. And then, yeah, the way that they wrapped it up is actually really, really well done. It's six episodes. They're, they range from like 20 minutes to like an hour long each episode. It just kind of depends on what they're f mm. focusing on. If you could track it down, I highly recommend it. Yeah, Paul T. Goldman is my favorite show of the year. It just, just purely based on how unique <laughs> it was and how I was not expecting really? yeah. any of it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, even wow. just, like, the casting of roles for the movie and how that goes. Yeah, like, the behind-the-scenes of him kind of, like, directing the movie adaptation, too. It's just, yeah, no, it's just very interesting. So definitely uh, check that one out. That's my favourite show of the year. But also just watch everything on my list, honestly. Uh, it's, all, it's all really good. So, yeah, that's my final chunk. Uh, on to you, Adam, to wrap us up. Wow, I've got nothing quite that interesting, I don't think. But um, <laughs> number five, then, is Theodore Ted Lasso. Oh, very nice. Ah. Obvious choice, maybe, but great series. This is the final, third and final season, maybe. I don't know, there's, there's talk of maybe doing some kind of spin-off, but effectively the end of the story about, mm -hmm. as people probably know, it's an American who comes over to, to the UK, England specifically in this case, to take on a football team that he knows nothing about the sport. And the characters and the highs and lows, and it's like a fictionalized version of Welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> <laughs> Very heartwarming. It deliberately goes for trying to keep things upbeat, trying to be a positive sort of series. Yeah, it really works on that level, and it has a really quite touching, fitting ending, I think. Yeah, that's good. So if you haven't seen it at all, 
I'd recommend, yeah, it's definitely start at the beginning. It's not a not an episodic thing. Well, it's serialized, basically. So you do need mm. to see the entire thing for it to make sense. But uh, Apple TV, they've been doing some good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Frankly. And yeah. Ted, Ted Lasso is probably their highest profile of that. And people have thrown a bit of shade over Jason Dacus and maybe isn't quite the standout guy that Ted Lasso is. But who knows how true that is. But uh, That's for those two to sort out. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Uh, number four, then. Another series has come to an end is Ghosts, the UK version of the sitcom ah, Ghosts. That's right. Button House Ghosts, a bunch of dead people who haunt this old stately home and the new owners, one of which can see them, the other one cannot. And the hijinks that ensue, <laughs> the team behind famously um, Horrible Histories. Great, great mm-hmm. series. I've not seen everything they've done. I haven't seen Yonderland, for example. Mm. But based on this, I definitely want to go catch that. Perhaps not the strongest of endings. It does end it off, but yet also can be opened up again. I don't know. There's an obvious way you could have ended it, which they didn't go. So maybe it's a good way, good way to end it. But I just love the gentle humour of it all. I haven't watched much in the way of sitcoms for a long time. Mm. Long, long time. Mm. But this one caught my attention, caught my imagination, and uh, I really love what they've done with it. I keep meaning to go and watch more of the US version, which I hear, once you have a few episodes in it, gets his own identity and is quite good too. I have heard that, yeah. But I watched the first episode or two and it was just too much a carbon copy. They took the original UK scripts and just reworked them, which I think was a mistake. Hmm. But yeah, I absolutely recommend catching ghosts. If you're in the UK, it's all on the iPlayer for free. Why do they do that? It's like Broadchurch and Grace Point. They even got the same lead actor. I know, yeah, it's really weird. And Red Dwarf, they did a similar thing where they basically reworked the original UK mm. scripts. And I don't know. It's like they're buying a format, like a game show. You buy that yeah. format and you just recast and carry on as if nothing else had changed. Mm. Yeah, it's so weird. You can't beat the original, in my mind, anyway. I'm sure the US version mm. is very good once it gets going. But the UK one, brilliant stuff. Give it a give it a watch. Number three then is uh, some Doctor Who. Who's that then? For, yeah, <laughs> for me, it's covering all of the uh, the recent specials of four, all four. Of them. <laughs> yeah, all four of them. Yep. Okay. You don't have to cheat like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough of my uh, my list without having to split it up. But uh, I think you're right in that a Church and Ruby Road is a different beast. Yeah. Hmm. To the other three, but nevertheless, I've bunched them all together. It is a return to form. I, I'm i still a big fan of what Jodie Whittaker in particular did with it. I'm not sure she had the greatest era, mm. not of her <laughs> fault at all. <laughs> Definitely not. But it's great to see it back. It is confident. It is back in the mainstream. People seem to universally love it pretty much. Yeah, seems yeah, like it's it. It's a great feeling to have it, have it back mm. where it should be with the specials and on Saturdays as well, at least <laughs> yes. here in the UK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and I was here too. Yeah. Don't quite know how it's going to work with Disney Plus going forward with... Uh, yeah, it's uh, very odd not having it on the ABC, I've got to be honest. I'm sure <laughs> it is, yeah. Expensive too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird not, like, watching it at the same time as everyone. That's the weird part for me, it's like... I'm so used to everyone watching Doctor Who and then we all message each other about it afterwards, whereas now it's just kind of straight to streaming. Yeah, 
someone wakes up in the morning and they chuck it on and then you go, oh, but I sort of had 7.30 at night planned. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah. fine. Like, you, yeah. I feel like the community is still there to talk about it afterwards, but it's not as easy yeah. as it was or as planned out no. at the same time as it was anymore. That is the problem with streaming. Yeah. Everybody's got their own schedule mm-hmm. at that point, but that's the way it's going. In this country, we're already talking about getting rid of our, our free view, our, our broadcast Ooh. system entirely and okay. going, everything going entirely Oof. IP-based, mm. even for all your mainstream TV channels. Eesh, scary. It's probably a good decade off, but their plan is already. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, things are changing. But, yeah, I was very wary about Tennant and Tate coming back. I thought this was just a way of trying to get mainstream people back into it, trying to almost erase yeah. Whitaker. But it didn't, and I'm very glad he made very pointed effort to say no. That stuff happened. Mm. Oh, the, yeah, the flux, the time of child, that happened. It's stayed with the doctor. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So as a, as a fan, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. pleased it has gone that way. You know, on a character's level, the doctor's still really impacted by the revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they experienced, and then plot wise, the celestial toy maker references it yeah. in the giggle. Yeah. 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 Yeah, along with past companions, although not any yeah. of Whitaker's companions, but <laughs> they didn't die, Fern. And then Amy Pond came along, <laughs> and the Doctor loved Amy Pond. No, he didn't. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say for me, the weakest of the four is Church and Ruby Road. Yep. Okay. But it's not, not in a way bad, but it had mm-hmm. a job to do, mm. which was to introduce the new yes. characters. Yeah. The, the plot was neither here nor there, really. For sure, yeah. Next would probably be, probably in order, would be Star Beast. Great fun. A yeah. uh, bit of a romp. Yeah. Bit of a get people back into the mood of it. <laughs> then you had... Um, the Wild Blue Yonder. Well, thank you, Wild Blue Yonder, yep. Which was a great creepy one to remind people the mm. Doctor can do different things each week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what they did perfectly, these specials. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And for me, the best of them is, is the giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Just because... What a great villain. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I know. Yeah. Totally owned that role. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, yeah. And getting the two Doctors together at the end, I don't know how they're going to explain what happens to the 14th Doctor, ultimately. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I get confused by it. <laughs> but never mind. Is he suddenly just going to disappear like uh, everyone did in Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't think about it too hard. Yeah. Well, he can't really die of old age because then he's just going to regenerate. But no. then maybe he'll regenerate back yeah. into the Doctor? I've no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be some... some they'll they'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> maybe that one just keeps bisecting forever. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Of- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... that's- <laughs> I mean, there, there's always a problem. Why isn't every creature the Doctor ever encounters the Doctor as well? Yeah. If, if they you, end up giving the character infinite regeneration. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. If they are immortal, then they will ultimately be everybody, yeah. <laughs> and not just not just immortal as in they don't die, <laughs> they change. That would be... A, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That would be a great, like, season finale twist. We've had a companion for the whole season, then in the last episode, they're like, by the way, I'm the Doctor. <laughs> they're the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Mm. That'd be good fun. Is Ruby really the timeless child? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's a limited time companion, apparently. Well, apparently so. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Another, I hope not. another problem with them recording so early. But yeah, anyway. yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. 
Yeah. Great, great to have you back. Triumphant return, I feel. Mm-hmm. Very, very pleased with that. But it's not my number one. Ooh. Not even my number two. My number Ooh. two is another Apple okay. TV series. It is Silo. Oh, it is. Yes. I've heard it's good. I, I loved Silo. Um, I should probably explain what it is. Basically, set some nebulous time in the future after an apparent apocalypse, potentially nuclear apocalypse, something like that, mm-hmm. and everybody who survived it is in this giant silo. Mm. Hundreds of floors deep and to the ground, about 10,000 inhabitants, and it's run in a quite despotic way, maybe. Any technology from the past is forbidden, forbidden knowledge of the past. People are <laughs> not allowed to know what happened. Right. We don't want you to learn from it. <laughs> and there's that mystery of what happened and then people are banished if they try to find out what happened okay and you see Jeez. them go out and immediately die on the waste on the surface of this wasteland outside right. yeah but then is that real what we're seeing it's just on the screen hmm. is that faked what's real what isn't and the, that mystery of it um really well done and they get a second season i'm very glad to say Rebecca Ferguson is the main character. Ah, yes. Okay, that's good. Who is promoted up from a, an engineer to be effectively the, the chief of police, mm-hmm. despite not being a police person at all. Yeah, very interesting, very political mystery. And yeah, if you know, oh, the, the, what's that? Um, the Vault series of games. Fallout, which is also Fallout. getting shown next, what, well, this year. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It feels like a Fallout okay. uh, TV series. Yep. But, wow. But twisted even more. Right. And I do wonder, <laughs> I think, I suspect that this is going to be a lot better than the Fallout's proper Fallout series. Yeah, that Fallout series. It is based looks... on a series of books. But... Yeah. I saw that they were based off some books. I kind of wanted to read them first, but I've heard that the, that the TV show was a bit better than the books were. But yeah. Oh, really? Okay, it's unusual. Yeah. Yeah, I was very tempted to start reading the books after, but I think... I'd rather see season two mm. before reading any books mm-hmm. because there are so many mysteries which I'd always like to see unveiled on screen rather than just know it. But talking of that, my number one is The Last of Us. Hey. Oh, well, there it is. Top of both your lists. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a story which this one I was playing it in parallel with watching oh, <laughs> so at some points i was a little bit ahead at some points i was a little bit behind depending on wh- how, where i'd got to in the game right and where the tv mm-hmm. series is up to so that's quite an interesting experience in mm. itself yeah but what a great series uh, i immediately went out and bought it on 4k as it came out. <laughs> uh, so did i it's actually the first 4k i bought right yeah absolutely worth it mainly get blu-rays but this is worth it it is i'm not sure there's much i can say which you didn't really but it's <laughs> superlative it, well no it, <laughs> It's incredible character work, amazing performances in a world mm-hmm. that you can actually believe. A lot of these post-apocalyptic worlds, um, like The Walking Dead, stuff like that, it very quickly starts to become old and stale, and you don't quite <laughs> believe it. Why are they all still alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this one, you can absolutely believe it. It, it absolutely felt real. Yeah. And some incredible... Incredible moments with those characters as well. That's good. So, yeah. Brought a tear to the eye many a time, mm. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. And what amazing, amazing choice of cast as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely top-notch, every single one of them, mm-hmm. whether they be the regulars or the... So have you played part two yet? No. 
but I've started playing, I should say, mm. which I've only actually got about 20, 30 minutes in. You're in for a roller coaster and a brutal one at that. Yeah. Yes, you are. If you're just playing two now. Yeah, definitely. I started playing. I thought, actually, do I want to do it at the same time watching <laughs> season two again? So um, I stopped. I'm not sure. I don't think, I think you, if, I feel like season two's you're maybe not going to be able to play them and watch it at the same time. Be yeah, quite it is different. different. It's very different. Yeah, the the, the layout is right. it's not as linear. Right. Yeah, not as linear. So I don't know if that would necessarily work for the second game. Maybe, but yeah. Okay, I don't know. that's good. Okay, maybe I should not hold off then. But yeah, if you haven't seen The Last of Us, I absolutely mm. recommend it. It's uh, oh yeah, amazing, powerful stuff. Yeah, really is. Really, really, really good. Awesome. Yeah. So with. Uh, the Last of Us mm. on the top of two of our lists. Yep. It's pretty conclusive that that was yep, the best show go. of the year. Indeed. I reckon, yep. <laughs> at least yep. among us. Was it even no- nominated for anything, or could it be nominated in the current window? Um, I, I, it definitely I got know. some Golden Globes. True. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I love. Speaking of which, I love the rivalry between Pedro Pascal and one of the actors from Succession. Oh yes. They've got a, they've got one of those Hollywood rivalry, a bit like Matt Damon and Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel, where it's not really a rivalry, but they're just having a go at each other all the time, and I quite liked that. That was kind of funny. But yeah, so that's our lists, and The Last of Us has got a lot of praise, as I mm-hmm. think it should do. Uh, but now I'm really interested in, I think, three of your top five, Sandra. So I'm oh, excellent. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was it? It was... Um, the Curse, The, the Bear... bear. And either only murders or Paul T. Goldman, depending on how weird you want to get. Nope, four, <laughs> four of them. Then. All of them, yeah. including yeah. Poker Face, which you already said you wanted to watch. <laughs> Actually, yes, I'm yeah. interested in all five of your top five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> to catch up on there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, there is, there is. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you all for listening. And I know we're already in the second month, about halfway through the second <laughs> month of this year. <laughs> but uh, I, I hope you all... Join us next year mm-hmm. as well as we look back on 2024 in terms mm. of TV and we film will when we do this again, hopefully next January, not February, but we'll <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends how much we got to catch up on. I've already got one TV show down. I've got two movies down. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's shaping up to be definitely a quieter year because of the strikes, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Mm. Things are heating up again, though. Yes, definitely. So, yes, thank you very much for joining us. This time around, I didn't actually put a call out on social media for anyone to give us their favorite shows of the year. But you could do that in the next episode if you wanted to. In the uh, episode description, there are plenty of ways to contact us. You can email us. You can message the social media accounts for the show online, and we'll happily read any correspondence you send in. And uh, I'm not quite sure what we'll talk about next time, but we've got a bit of a lineup. We went through it Mm. in our movies episodes, but we plan to go through the James Bond films. Mm. We want to catch up, not catch up, rewatch the uh, new Doctor Who from 2005 onwards. I say new, but next year. That is 20 20 years. years It's not really new anymore. I feel like that's probably going to be the next episode (laughs) because you've already seen all of Eccleston's season. Uh, I I need to watch the second half of it. I reckon I'll probably, you know, I got some weeks. Uh, with not a whole lot of work going on, so I'll probably speed through that, and uh, we can get that out pretty quickly. <laughs> and then in April, you'll have no time at all. In April, I I don't even know how I'm going to do oldie but a goodie, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've got plenty of other things, like we want to do the Star Trek films. Yes. 
next gen onwards. Mm-hmm. So Star Trek and Kelvin and, mm-hmm. and things like that. We've got we've got things lined up, but yeah, probably back to season one of Doctor Who, finishing off with the second half of that. So if you want to talk about your top shows or top movies or what you think of the second half of Christopher Eccleston's season of Doctor Who, please contact us using the methods mentioned in the podcast description. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us again, Adam. It's always a great delight to have you come and discuss TV and movies. Yeah, such great stuff out there. There is. Oh, yeah. I reckon we should also maybe pick... A specific thing to talk about, because we talk quite broadly, but it would be kind of good to talk about maybe where Doctor Who is now compared mm. to where it was 20 years ago that or something like that with yeah. you, someone who's a big Doctor Who fan as well. Yeah, so. yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, we haven't reviewed something like that. I, I think we did Picard season one, but I don't think we've done We did anything. Picard, And that would yeah. have been on Consumes, not on this show, so yeah. Yeah, we should do probably a more focused thing, because I do find that... When we bring up this sort of stuff, I do want to compare mm. and contrast, yeah. like I said, to Midnight or something yeah. like that with the Wild Blue Yonder, yes. but we don't have the time to do it now, so <laughs> nope. it'd be nice to kind of that would be great. go through some of our our passions yeah, a little bit more sure. in detail. Yeah, excellent. But you can hear Adam do that with his friends over at the Staggering Stories podcast. Oh, thank you. All right, I think that's it, gentlemen. And thank you very much for listening, listeners. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.